Hey everybody, grab your Bible, a journal, and a pen, and maybe even a cup of coffee. And I'd like for you to write down Judges 2, verses 8 through 10. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the territory of his inheritance, in Tanakh Hurdes, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Chaosh. That whole generation was also gathered to their ancestors. After them, another generation rose up who did not know the Lord or the works he had done for Israel. Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. I'm your host, AJ, and I'm so glad you're joining us as Dot speaks straight from her heart about the importance of Scripture. Let's jump into the conversation. Today, I have something very special I would like to share with you. As many of you know, Karen and I usually are doing a podcast together, and I absolutely love it when we're doing the podcast and talking about God's Word and talking about what God is teaching us concerning a specific topic. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about spiritual warfare. And there's been so many times that as we're talking that I'll look up and Kara will have tears in her eyes. And I know that God is really speaking to her heart. And then there's been times when she's been talking and I knew that the Holy Spirit was saying to me, pay attention. And I knew that God was speaking to me as Carol was speaking and sharing her heart. But the other day, I was talking to Kara, and I said, Kara, I've been reading in Judges. We read the Bible through together every year, and it's one of my favorite things that we we do besides the podcast. And we were in Judges, and I was reading in chapter 2. And I said, while I was reading it, I felt God just say, pay attention, pay attention what you're reading. And I noticed that what I was reading at that moment in chapter two was a theme that God was doing in my heart. God had been placing on my heart the burden of how little so many Christians know the scripture, that know the Bible. And I began to share this with Kara and Kara said, mom, I think you need to do this. I think you need to do the podcast by yourself because this has been something that has been a burden and a cry of your heart so many, many years. And I don't know, I think it's just been lately that I've been able to share more with everything that's been going on and the hurts and the heartaches and the weariness and the Christians that are so tired on waiting on God. And I began to talk with them and talk to them about what scripture says, what God says. I know what the news say. I know what other people are saying, but what's God saying? And as I would share my heart with these people and these Christians that had been in the church for many, many years, they had no idea. They had no idea that God said a certain thing about a topic or what it means to wait upon God, what it means to know truly who God is and how that the book of John, the gospel of John was written so that everyone would know that Jesus was the Messiah and that Jesus is God. And so as I began to read in my daily reading, I was in Judges 2, and I was reading right at this moment, At the very end, it was in chapter 2, verse 10. It says that whole generation was also gathered to their ancestors. But after that generation, after the generation of Joshua, another generation rose up who did not know the Lord or the works he had done for Israel. And as I was reading that, I was just thinking that next generation, they did not know. They did not know the works of God. They did not know what God had done. 
And so they turned away from God. They began to to worship other gods. They began to be just like the people that were around them, their world around them that was so away from God that did not know Jehovah. They hear of these Jewish people living in this world that did not know God, and they did not know the word of God. And so they were able to, to be deceived and began to worship the world's gods. And I began to, to think about, to be honest, even my own self, how often I can get caught up with what the world tells me instead of what does God say? And so as I began to read that, I felt the Holy Spirit in me just say, listen, don't go so fast. Listen to what I am saying. And I knew that God was saying to me, I'm asking you to teach the next generation. I'm asking you to teach my word and try very hard in my own heart. And so I want to teach what God says. I want to know the scripture myself. And I'm going to tell you, I don't feel qualified to teach what God says. And I just knew that God was saying, you don't have to. If you would just trust me, just begin to read the scripture, just begin to read my word that I've given you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to the truth. I immediately was thinking about Moses and how that Moses did not feel adequate to lead God's people out of Egypt into the promised land. And God would tell Moses, Moses, who made your mouth? Who made your eyes, your ears? Who has put you in this place at this time? It's me and I am God and I will do it. And so I don't know if you're listening today and you want to know the word of God, you desire to know the word of God, but you don't feel like you can know the word of God. I just want to encourage you today to just open the Bible, begin to read and ask the Holy Spirit just to open your eyes to the truth. So often I just stop and I say, God, what are you saying? It's exactly what happened that day. I'm like, God, what are you saying to me? And he was saying, the reason that my children were so away from me, the reason that my children did not know to trust me and didn't have faith in me is because they didn't know me. They didn't know what I had done. I turned over to Exodus where God had spoke to Moses and he said to them, I want you to get ready for the Passover. I want you to get ready. And he says, and when I lead you out of Egypt, he said, I want you to remember it was me. It was me that did that. It was my right hand. I'm the one that used you to lead my people out of Egypt. And then he says this. He says, on that day, he said, I want you to explain it to your son. This is what God has done when I came out of Egypt. And God said to Moses, let it be a sign for you on your hand as a reminder on your forehand. Write what I have done, the Lord's instructions may be in your mouth. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with a strong hand. And keep this statue as a pointed time from year to year, talking about the Passover. Every time you celebrate the Passover, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. He says also in Exodus 13, and I'd love for you to, to write that down, Exodus 13, and go back and read how often God said to Moses, Moses, I want you to tell your sons. I want you to tell the next generation what I have done. And you know, as I think about my life and what God has done in my life, 
there have been times in my life that I've walked away from God. And there's been times when I've walked to God. I've walked with God. Karen and I have talked about this so often. And she's talked about her times of her moments when she's walked away from God and walked to God and walked with God. And it's those moments that it's hard for you to explain. You just know that God's there. You just know that he's leading you. You just know and you feel his presence. And then there's times when you don't necessarily feel his presence. And you feel like God's forsaken you. You feel like God's forgotten you. And it's those moments that you have to go back. And I have to say, I've said so many times to my kids and to my grandkids, remember what God's done. Remember who God is and that God is faithful. And no matter how you're feeling right now, no matter if you're feeling like he's forsaken you or he's not listening to your prayers, remember those moments when God called your name and when he saved you. You know, be in my quiet time and I'd be down on my knees. You know that I have in my study this cross and it's right above my desk and I'll get down on my knees in front of my desk and God will remind me of how he saved me, how he rescued me from myself and how he began to teach me who he is through the scriptures. And I would look at the scripture and I realize, God, you're loving. God, you are life. You are the one that set me free. God, you're the one that has given me mercy and grace and forgiveness. And I would sit underneath that cross. And there's been times when I felt so ashamed of some of my lack of faith, some of my thoughts, some of my anger, some of my bitterness, my lack of forgiveness toward others. And I'd sit there and repent and cry out to God. And I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to just be so honest and transparent to you because this is something really close to my heart. There have been times when I've been on my knees that there's that cross that I could almost feel Jesus's blood splashing on my face. And I knew, I knew that he had forgiven me. And I knew that he was a forgiving and loving God. But how do I know that? Because the beloved disciple of Jesus, John, said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and that through Jesus and through the blood of Jesus that we've been set free and we've been forgiven. And the reason that I know that is because it's written in the scripture. And as I think about the scripture and how we are to open up this Bible and, and to look at God's story, God tells us about who he is. And so often, I'm just going to be honest. I, well, I keep saying that, and I'm always honest. I try to be honest. I want to be honest. Of course I do. But maybe I just want to be transparent. I just want to be real to you right now. Because this is very close to my heart. If we do not tell others, and if we do not know what God has said, how are we going to live? How are we going to survive? I just think so often about renewing my mind and how sometimes God will begin to, to shape my thoughts in my mind because my thoughts are not on him. And there would be a little thing in my heart to say, don't think on those things. Think about what I've done. Don't think about what other people have done. And don't think about what you've done. Think about what I've done. You are forgiven. You're loved. You're my child. And, and as I Think about that next generation. I think about my kids, my grandkids. I used to say 
that when the kids were young and they couldn't drive, it was my moment to start teaching them the truth of God's word. And I knew they couldn't jump out of the car, even if they wanted to. And I didn't pound it on their head, but I tried to put it in a conversational way or be able to share with them what God was teaching me. But I do think that when you bring your kids, the next generation, into your world and into your spiritual life and your relationship with God and begin to teach them scripture and have scripture all over their rooms. I remember so that if they talked about it or they asked about it, I could tell them, this is God's word. This is what God says about you. And I remember when the kids would come home and someone would say something bad about them and I'd say, that's not what God says about you. God says that you're the apple of his eye. God said that he created you. God said he has a plan for your life. And I would be able to get into that scripture. Now, I'm hesitant to say all this, even though I am saying all this, because I don't want you to elevate me and think, oh, you're such this godly, wonderful mom. No, I'm not. But I am a mom that loves my kids, and I am a mom that wants them to know the scripture. I still do, even with my grandkids. I'm soon to be a great-grandmother, and, you know, I want them to know the truth of who God is, and who they are as his child. And if we don't tell them, who's going to tell them? That day in the study, when I knew that God was really saying to me, you've got to teach the next generation. How will they know? I remember the eunuch. I remember in Acts where Philip saw the Ethiopian, and he was reading out of the book of Isaiah. And God said, I want you to go and talk to that Ethiopian. And Philip went up to him and he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm reading from the scripture. And he was reading Isaiah where it says that he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendant? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, he said, tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about? And Philip was able to say, that's Jesus. That was Jesus. And I remember as as I read that story over again, and that Philip said, you know what you're reading? And you know what the eunuch said? How will I know if someone doesn't explain it? And I don't think you have to be a Bible scholar. I don't think you have to be a great, mighty teacher. But you can learn from those Bible scholars. You can learn and research what does other people say the scripture is about. There are a lot of commentaries. There's a lot of people that I go to, but I try to go to them last. I I ask God to just show me first, what are you saying? And I like the commentaries because they can tell you more about the history that I would not know. I don't get necessarily from the scripture or the context and what was going on during that, as Kara calls it, real time. And it helps to open it up and give you a greater insight. But when you begin to open up the scripture and begin to just want to know what God's saying and want to know who he is, it is the Holy Spirit in you that's going to open your eyes to that. There's no great communicator. There's no great Bible scholar that can open your eyes to what God can open your eyes to. And he said to Moses, he said, Moses, I just want you to go. I made your mouth and I will speak through you. And as I just thought about Judges 2 as I was reading it. It was early, early in the morning. And I just knew that God was saying, you've got to teach the next generation. And I want you to know that this is something extremely close to my heart. 
because I feel like the eunuch. How will I know? How will they know? Unless someone explains it to them. And I just want to say this. What I've discovered with my kids and my grandkids is that they're hearing a lot of voices. They're hearing a lot of things. And uh, it's not God's word. They're hearing a lot of lies. And you know why it's so close to the truth? It's very hard to discern what is true. But if you are wanting to know the truth and you are wanting to know God in a deeper way, if you will open up the scriptures and just say, God, speak to my heart. God, show me what you're saying. And the best way I know is as you begin to seek God and ask God to show you the truth of what his word says and you begin to apply it, God will give you more truth. And you will see things that you've never seen before. And it's not just knowing this word. And I'm just going to say this. It may be a little contradictory to some degree. But I remember when I was in seminary and I was having to learn so many things. The worst was how to write a research paper and certain footnotes and where to put the footnotes and all that. And I was studying the scripture. But I was studying it like a document, like a way of looking at it to see if it was discerning it, to see what it's really saying, like a... Like I was almost examining it to find a contradiction or see what they're really saying. And there was something in my heart. I just was missing God. I was trying so hard to hear what God was saying and discerning exactly like, where's the context? What's the Hebrew word in this? What's the Greek word in this? What was going on at the time? And do a little research and just I guess got into it academically. But it was during that time that my intimacy with the Lord was very low. I was really looking to to see what he's saying over seeing him. And I think you can do both, but I just want to encourage you first to say, God, just show me who you are. And God, what are you saying to my heart? What does this tell me of who you are? And begin to open up God's word and learn for yourself and then go and tell someone else what god has teaching you go and teach that next generation you know what moses said god what do you want me to tell the people who can i tell them that has sent me he said tell them i am when god said to moses he said moses when you get through the red sea and when you see what all i've done when i've led you he said i want you to remember it was me it was me And that's the thing that I really have such a burden for is that we read scripture to know, God, teach me who you are. It's not just a set of rules of how to live so that my life would be better. But it is God who gives me life. And I just want to encourage you because it's so close to my heart. And even though I just so adore and love doing the podcast with Kara, I think she was right. I needed just to share this because it's been a burden in my heart. And as I sat there in Judges 2, I began to weep. And I said, God, I don't know how I'm going to teach the next generation or even if they're listening to me. But that's really not up to me. I'm going to be obedient. And I'm going to continue to teach your truth. Sweet friend, if we don't begin to teach God's word, To whoever God brings our way, how are they going to know?
it is my prayer that you will just open up the scripture and ask God, God, show me who you are. I'm here to hear from you. And I know with everything in my heart, I know from experience, and I'm not one of his favorites, I'm just one of his children, that God will open your eyes to the truth and you will know the God that loves you, the Savior, Jesus, who saved you, and the Holy Spirit, who will empower you. And that will give you life and give it to you abundantly. When you know the truth, it is the truth that sets you free. How will they know? How will they know? That's what God said to me. Teach my truth, not your opinion, and not even your experience. Teach my word. I hope you wrote some of that down. For more content from Dot, head to dotbowen.com. This podcast is brought to you by Cup of Joy Ministries and generous contributions from listeners like you. We look forward to being with you again next week as Dot teaches on living life with an eternal perspective. Thanks for listening.